Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined by the great Kate Majuk as we keep the off-season rolling with some season-in-review type content. Um, Kate, we're, we're coming off super wild card weekend, and I know your Steelers lost, but how are you enjoying the NFL playoffs so far? I'm enjoying them. And you know what? I'm hoping for maybe a little bit more competitiveness here heading into the wild card round. We don't or heading into the divisional round. I don't know if we will. We've got a lot of like heavy favorites heading into this round. But you know what? We will at least get uh, Chiefs bills, which should be interesting. We're going to see Patrick Mahomes on the road in the playoffs for the first time in his career. There are a lot of really interesting storylines. You've got Jared Goff, former number one overall pick, going head to head against the other uh, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick, uh, both like the forgotten children and it, it both rising to to relevance here in the postseason. Like, I, I gotta say, the script writers they done good. Yeah, they done. Yeah, they <laughs> they really have. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, I wish the games were a little closer. We had a lot of blowouts last week, and like you said, the the spreads are are pretty big here. There's some heavy favorites, but I, I'm with you. I, I I love the matchups. I mean, yeah, like you said, Baker Mayfield played awesome last week, and uh, should hopefully keep it going. Make another competitive game here against the Lions will be fun. Um, but yeah, Chiefs Bills, that's the big one, right? Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen again, uh, this time in Buffalo, which will be fun. So we're we're gonna go into it. We're gonna we're gonna do our playoff picks later uh, in the show. Uh, an area that uh, I need to bounce back from because I did not perform well with my picks uh, last week. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes this week. But the focus today is basically going to be on our biggest surprises and disappointments at the quarterback position. Last week, we did running backs and, and we had, I think, uh, four players for, for each surprises and disappointments. Uh, quarterback position, it's a little smaller of a player pool to choose from. So we'll have some similar picks here. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of do like consensus uh, surprises and then a couple honorable mentions um, at the end there. So should be fun. We got a good list here. We'll get into it um, in just a sec. But first, I do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. If you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make. And the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done. So you could focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no help exam required join the thousands of parents who trust fabric to protect their family apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy that's meetfabric.com slash fantasy m-e-e-t fabric.com slash fantasy policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right kate let's start off our list with our first pleasant surprise of the 2023 season and one that i mean it's still going uh, it, it, he's still keeping it rolling here in the playoffs Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, what made him such a big surprise for you uh, this season? I mean, Jordan Love, man, oh man, like you said, just absolutely dominating both for fantasy managers and in the NFL playoffs. I don't think anybody can realistically say that they actually saw Jordan Love upsetting the Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, nobody had that on their bingo card. But according to Fantasy Pros, Jordan Love was drafted on average as the quarterback 26 on the board, meaning unless you were like in a two quarterback league or you are in one of those home leagues that goes ham at the quarterback position, even though you're starting one, like love probably wasn't drafted except like from the gate just kind of came out was super productive in terms of touchdown efficiency. We saw that inefficiency drop off a little bit after the first few weeks of the season, but boy, as the year climbed on Jordan love just absolutely surpassed all expectations. Obviously he is throwing to one of the most inexperienced receiving cores in the league. Um, Matt LaFleur, like running a, a very complex offense that, you know, you you've got to go in there and, and execute and also throw to your inefficient and, or uh, sorry, inexperienced receiving core. Like all of those are pretty immense hurdles to be overcoming in your first season as an NFL starter. But 
Love finished as a top 12 fantasy quarterback in more than half of his games this year. Finished as a quarterback one in seven of eight games to close out the season. Now, I mean, you look at his end of year finish, average almost 19 fantasy points per game, ranked as the overall quarterback six in fantasy points per game. He was up there among the elites, like, you know, just one of a, a couple quarterbacks here to throw for 30 or more touchdowns was just, I don't know, man. I, I did not expect this from him in his first season, uh, regardless of the, the surrounding cast. But again, you're throwing two guys like Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave. like. To have that kind of production with that cast and uh, characters, like, come on, man, this is this is pretty good stuff. It, it was amazing stuff, and, and yeah, like it, like you said, even Christian Watson included in there. He he was hurt for a lot of the year, right? So that that supporting cast that you mentioned was a lot of what he had to rely on, and. He was. He was just a surprise on so many different levels, including taking the Packers into the playoffs this year and then winning a game in Dallas on the road and in the fan in the play in the NFL playoffs. Uh, just just an amazing year by Jordan Love. But like you look at him too, like coming into the year, like you mentioned, QB 26 and ADP. So there's like shallower super flex leagues that he wasn't even getting drafted in, right? Like nobody had a lot of faith that he was gonna do much this season. So he had only had he had fewer than 100 total dropbacks in his NFL career prior to 2023. So there was also not a large sample size there for us to kind of work off of to know what he would be like in the NFL. He had three touchdown passes and three interceptions since being drafted in 2020. Um Week one, he immediately matched his career total for, for NFL touchdowns. He had three touchdowns there. He, he, he threw three touchdowns the next week as well. He was, you know, kind of a streaming option, waiver wire pickup for a lot of the year. But then week 10 is where he really started to prove to be like a consistent starting fantasy option that you mentioned, you know, um, that the fantasy finishes down that final stretch there um, and improving his PFF grades to near the top of the league as well, right? So um, if you look at, Weeks one to nine for Jordan Love um, in fantasy total fantasy points. He ranked 15th among quarterbacks um, fantasy points per drop back. He was 14th touchdown passes. He was tied for 11th. Uh, his PFF passing grade 65.4 was 24th in the league and his offensive grade was 68.4, which was 21st. So that was the first nine weeks of the season from weeks 10 to 17. He had 173 fantasy points, which was the second most among quarterbacks, 0.57 fantasy points per dropback, which was tied for fifth, 18 touchdown passes, which was tied for or which was third alone for third. PFF passing grade was 88.7, which was fourth. And his offensive grade was an 88.0, which was also fourth. So top five marks across the board from weeks 10 to 17. He's still keeping it rolling here as well, uh, including week 18 and, and that first week of the playoffs. He's just been incredible. So yeah, Jordan Love, absolutely the number one surprise for me, I think by far. What is your prediction? How early is Jordan Love going to be drafted here in 2024 fantasy leagues? That's the big question. Yeah, that's a good question. I I would I, I mean imagine top twelve, top ten potentially. I mean, so there's some guys that have fallen out, some disappointments that we'll talk about in a little bit that were getting drafted inside the top ten, like on the latter half of that top ten. But I think that Jordan Love has made a case for himself, especially depending on what the Packers do in the offseason. Maybe they bolster the wide receiver group a little bit more. You got your his two tight ends that were excellent as rookies, um, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Um, they potentially, you know, now another year in the system. They're developing Christian Watson, hopefully healthy. There's there's a case for, for uh, Jordan Love to be, oh man, I'd have to go through the list in my head, but I mean, it's got to be top eight at this point. Um, I would think. I think, yeah, I definitely think a lock for, for top 10 for sure. Obviously, there were a ton of injuries at the quarterback position, which maybe, uh, you know, helped his end of season finish after a, a little bit of a midseason lull here. But you can't argue with the very, very strong finish he has to, to close out the year. And John, recency bias, very much a thing. And guess what? Yeah. Jordan Love going to be one of the final eight quarterbacks that we see play football. <laughs> and if he continues to play it at this high level, I think we're in for a much earlier draft pick next year than we would have anticipated going into the 2023 season. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And yeah, just like working through the names in my head, like I don't think you're drafting him. Obviously, not over Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, even though Patrick Mahomes had a down year. I think Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields are going to have a, a, a case in there. I mean, CJ Stroud, um, Dak Prescott, obviously. Um, we'll see what happens with a healthy Anthony Richardson and and some other guys. Okay, so so maybe not not QB eight, maybe not necessarily inside the top eight, but top twelve for sure, potentially top ten as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. Awesome. All right, so let's go on to a disappointing. Uh, QB for this season. And there, there were a lot of other ones because of injuries and things like that, but we're, we're not going to, you know, blame guys for, for injuries that happens all the, all the time. And this was a particularly bad year for injuries at the quarterback position. So somebody that did play uh, all the games this season was Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas city chiefs. He was drafted as the QB one uh, did not finish as the QB one. He finished a bit outside that range uh, as QB seven. It looks like so Kate, Patrick Mahomes, we both agreed that he was the top disappointment. Uh, what was it for you that that put got him on this list? For me, it it honestly wasn't necessarily like the end of season finish that really like stabbed you in the heart. It was where he was drafted. You might have used even in a non-two quarterback or a non-super flex league, you might have drafted Patrick Mahomes in the back half of the first round, which means you might have missed out on like a CD lamb, for instance, like it's, it's where he was drafted. That is kind of the biggest dagger to the heart. Now, I think, you know, hopefully this Kansas city chiefs, you know, organization is going to realize, okay, like even if he is Patrick Mahomes, maybe we do need to get him a little bit more help than rookie Rashi rice and an aging, you know, Travis Kelsey. Um, but you look at his season, average a, a career low 4.5% touchdown rate, a, a career high 2.3 interception rate, drops out the wazoo, uh, average a career low 261.4 passing yards per game, career low uh, quarterback rating uh, 92.6 NFL passer rating, um, 63 QBR, that's actually the second lowest in his career, but Across the board, this has not been a good season for Patrick Mahomes. And I think it's kind of just one of these things where the front office is going to have to go back and, and look at what went wrong. And I think, obviously, getting him a little bit more help is going to be a big part of that. Because, you know, seven yards per attempt, he, he looked average this season and he looked human this season. And we all know Patrick Mahomes is anything but average. So I think we, you know, with the surging Rashi Rice, we could see a, a big time bounce back next year. But again, for me, the biggest kicker for Patrick Mahomes was just some of that lack of upside. Uh, I think had just two top five finishes all year long. Um, you know, that, that was very much abnormal for Patrick Mahomes, but you knowing the number of assets that you passed up in the first three rounds of the draft to go up and get Patrick Mahomes. That's what kills me. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like th there's so many guys drafted in that range that had great years and, and even the guys at his own position, right? Jalen hurts and Josh Allen both finished as QB one and QB two. So as much as you had to pass up on other like skill position players to draft those guys, you at least got, what you were drafting those guys for where as Patrick Mahomes, you did not necessarily get that. Like you said, only two top five finishes on the year. His best finish was QB two. Um, but yeah, it just, it wasn't the season um, that we had hoped for, for Patrick Mahomes, at least from a fantasy perspective, he's obviously still going here in the NFL playoffs. So um, has another shot at a super bowl, but he also never cracked the top 15 fantasy quarterbacks uh, during the fantasy playoffs that likely sank plenty of, of fantasy rosters for those that were trusting him in those crucial weeks of the season. Um, so yeah, it, it's hard to disagree that it was a disappointing year for, for Patrick Mahomes. Um, again, drafted as the QB one finished as the QB seven. Um, yeah, not the year that we were looking for, but like you said, 
Hopefully, there, there's more weapons added to the team. We know that Kadarius Tony is not the answer. Rashi Rice is absolutely uh, one of the, the pieces of the, f- the future for that team. But uh, Travis Kelsey getting older as well. There's There's got to be more there for Patrick Mahomes, especially a team built on like yards after the catch production, which is what helped him so much in 2022 that wasn't necessarily um, a, a big help this year for him. So we saw a drop off across the board, like you said, but fantasy points per game dropped to 11th this season among quarterbacks where he was second last year. His total fantasy points, obviously he was QB one going to QB seven, uh, his touchdown passes. He had 41 touchdown passes in 2022, just 27 here in 2023, which is tied for seventh. Um, and then his PFF passing grade did drop off a bit. It was, he was second in the league last year at 89.2, 81.1 this year, which was 12th. So, um, yeah, we're looking for obviously a bounce back year next year for for Patrick Mahomes and fantasy. I don't think we're giving up on him or anything like that. Um, but yeah, this year definitely disappointing. Um, all right, let's skew more positively here and talk about our second surprise quarterback of the season. Uh, another one that is still going here in the fantasy playoffs. It is Brock Purdy of the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, you know, he, he had that amazing end to the year last year, but I think there were definitely, you know, questions about whether he can keep that going if that was just uh you know a, a small burst of magic that that could wear off here going into 2023 and a, a lot of fantasy leagues he went undrafted he was qb19 um we we listed him as a sleeper this offseason and um yeah he he absolutely delivered he finished as the qb6 on the year uh fourth in in fantasy points per drop back in 2022 uh from weeks 13 to 18 which is where we really started to kind of see you know what he could potentially be and hope what he could be for here for 2023 but i think there was definitely concern with that the ucl surgery that he had um and and obviously that that showed in adp as well to falling outside the top 15 fantasy quarterbacks drafted um but yeah he was not only healthy in time to start the 2023 season but he really picked up right where he left off and he delivered 10 top 12 fantasy QB finishes on the year. Um, I I think for him, at least for me, you know, targeting him in drafts this year and listing him as a sleeper, the appeal always kind of stemmed from just having those weapons at every position to get the ball to and let them kind of do the rest. And that's exactly what happened in 2023. He played uh, all 16 games for the fantasy season, finished again as QB six, and then really outperformed those ADP expectations. Um, he, He even surpassed our, PFF fantasy expected point system. He came up with 80 total fantasy points over expected this season, which was by far the most among any quarterback um, with his 5.0 fantasy points over expected per game. uh, Also the top number at the position. So really nice second year here for Brock Purdy showing that 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 end of 2022 wasn't just a flash in the pan and that he he really came out and put a whole season's worth of sample size to, to put that to bed. Yeah, I actually was probably a little bit lower than consensus on Brock Purdy. This is my accountability hour here. <laughs> Obviously, Brock Purdy finished out the year incredibly well, but he was so efficient. I thought there's no way this guy is going to come off elbow injury in his throwing arm and continue that level of efficiency. Uh, last year, through uh, a touchdown rate of 7.6%, I was like, there's no way this guy can come close. No way coming off of that surgery. Seven <laughs> percent touchdown rate here in Crazy. this season. Um, still, you know, 11, uh, 11 interceptions. That was just a 2.5 intercept percent interception rate. Um, obviously, just super, super efficient across the board. 9.6 yards per pass attempt, uh, completed passes at just a nearly a 70 percent clip. Like all of that efficiency and then more. And what really impresses me more than anything, like part of my concern about Brock Purdy and his potential upside, obviously we knew he had the weapons, but my question was a, if we see a decrease in his efficiency, um, you know, which again, didn't, didn't see those concerns come to fruition, but he didn't have that sort of uh, rushing upside. Like obviously he can move around the pocket, but we don't see him, move outside of the pocket and and scramble a whole ton. And I, I was a bit concerned that that wasn't going to translate uh, to a ton of upside here. Now, still didn't see him run a ton this season, just had four games of 10 or more rushing yards. But 
it didn't matter. Um, and I think it's officially time that I stop questioning Sir Brock Purdy. Um, and I'm, I'm owning my mistake that I, I, in our year, the year of our Lord, 2023, hated <laughs> Brock Purdy. And uh, I had to suffer the consequences because I didn't have Brock Purdy on many of my rosters. And I wish I did. It's fair, right? I, I, like you said, all, all the reasons were definitely fair. These aren't like crazy wild takes or anything like that. And we've seen this kind of stuff before. We've seen the flash in the pans in the NFL before. And it was definitely the reason to not believe in Brock Purdy being able to sustain that success over an entire season. But yeah, it, that's why he made the list as a surprise, right? He he absolutely did that. He delivered over expectations and uh, still going here. I I my personal favorite to pick to win the Super Bowl are the San Francisco 49ers. Brock mm-hmm. Purdy it is a big part of that. But I mean, that team as a whole is just has been excellent. A great supporting cast around him as well. Right. So that that makes a huge difference. Um, all right. Let's talk about a quarterback that was a disappointment for both of us here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Disappointing season in more ways than one, more so for fantasy, uh, but also, you know, for NFL purposes as well. This team had a shot at the playoffs, a really good shot, and then just choked it away, uh, essentially, here down the stretch. But um, Trevor Lawrence was drafted as the QB8 on the year and ends up finishing as the QB14, which isn't like a huge discrepancy, but we'll go into why, you know, some of the other reasons that he was a disappointment um, this season, especially considering that he played every game and, and wasn't one of those quarterbacks that missed time due to injury, even though he, he did, he was banged up at times, but um, that mostly played uh, every game this season. So what got Trevor Lawrence on the, the disappointment list here for you, Kate? I think it was the the conceiving of the upside here for Trevor Lawrence. You look at the the cast of players that he was going to be throwing to. You had Christian Kirk, you had uh, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram. You know, one of the better receiving tight ends in the league. Travis Etienne, who uh, obviously they had a, a strong connection there at Clemson. There were just so many weapons, and I really thought coming into the season, um, I, I thought Lawrence was going to be a a value with top five upside uh, another year with Doug Peterson as his head coach. Like I, I thought that this was going to be kind of the breakout year, but I mean, again, you mentioned it finishes the overall QB 14 in total scoring QB 18 in fantasy points per game. Um, his 0.45 fantasy points per dropback ranked 18th among quarterbacks. Now, like statistically during the season, during the fantasy season, like the, the fantasy production definitely felt, you know, not, not great. But then you looked at, you know, his, his stats and the stats weren't nearly as bad as maybe you would have projected based on his lack of production. And again, like you look at the lack of production here for fantasy, that's a, among all of the injuries that we've mm-hmm. talked about it, it season ending injuries to fantasy quarterbacks. So like, imagine if we had had a, fully healthy group of starting quarterbacks this year, we might've actually seen Trevor Lawrence finish a lot lower. Now I do think maybe the injuries, like it was one injury after the other for Trevor Lawrence. It was a shoulder. It was a knee. It was like ankle. It was one thing after another. And I do think that, you know, part of that may have played into things and, you know, didn't want to miss a game, didn't want to be, uh, you know, out for his team whatsoever. I do think that he's probably going to bounce back in a, a solid way here in 2024. But, you know, for the expectations and potential upside that I think so many fantasy managers saw in him. Yeah, that it just never paid off. Yeah, never paid off. And and, and I'm with you, the, the disappointing reasons all all the same for me i mean we expected more from him with another year under doug peterson and then getting calvin ridley in the offense as well and it just didn't happen right and and like you said maybe him being banged up played a part in it but you know when he was on the field we we got to hold him accountable for what he was doing right nobody's fully healthy when they're on you know in an nfl season and as long as they're active and playing in that game that's the the data we have to work off of and just didn't live up to that top 10 fantasy QB expectations for which he was drafted, right? He was QB 18 in points per game through week 17. Um, 
managed just two top five QB finishes, seven finishes outside of the top 15 at his position. He threw for three touchdowns in a game just once this year, um, which he was also, which he also offset by also throwing three interceptions in that same game um, in, in week 14. So in 2022, we didn't see that. We saw in 2022, he threw for three or more touchdowns four times in the regular season, had just eight interceptions on the year. Um, his, his 14 interceptions tied for the fourth most in the league. Uh, his touchdown total of 21 tied for 15th, right? So there, there wasn't a lot there to be excited about from Trevor Lawrence. I, I mean, you know, player progression in the NFL is not this necessarily like a linear thing. He's only in uh, what year three. Now he's going to be going into year four. So we don't ex necessarily expect players to just continually get better. There's going to be peaks and valleys for sure throughout their career. Trevor Lawrence, obviously one of those quarterbacks that was gen touted as a generational talent. So we, we have to, you know, kind of stay patient with him and, and hope that he does develop into what a lot of people thought. And there were definitely signs of that too, especially last year, but um, not giving up on him either, just not necessarily the year that we thought it was going to be for Trevor Lawrence. For sure. Um, all right, let's take a quick ad break, and then we'll go over some of our maybe honorable mentions at, at the quarterback position. So uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. So, Kate... Uh, we got a couple more props this week. Uh, what do you like from our friends at DraftKings heading into the divisional round? We're going to talk a little bit about this guy here in a few minutes. Hint, hint. But I'm rolling with CJ Stroud over 253 and a half uh, pass and rush yards. Now, obviously going to have one of the bigger challenges of his career going up against this Baltimore Ravens defense on the road, nonetheless, which Stroud has not nearly been as productive, but hey, if this game does play out in a way that uh, the the sports betters would indicate based on the odds and the point spread, uh, we should be in a position where we need to see a lot of volume from CJ Stroud. And uh, I, I think this could be a really interesting smash start. I don't think this is going to be um, a, a game where, you know, they're not going to want to put the ball in their best playmakers hands at this point. Yeah, I like it. Um, and then for me, I went with Zay Flowers over 50 and a half receiving yards. Uh, we didn't see Baltimore last week, obviously had the bye, but going up against the Houston Texans this week. So in that same game, Texans a more zone heavy team. We've seen Zay Flowers perform a bit better against zone this season. 1.98 yards per route run versus zone. I think that's uh, top or 28th in the, in the league. He's had 50 or more uh, receiving yards as well in 10 games this season. Um, so really like Zay Flowers continuing to be a, a top part of that offense. And I think 50 uh, receiving yards should be attainable for him going against the Texans. Uh, so yeah, download the DraftKings Sportsbook now with code PFF. New customers can bet $5 on NFL action to score 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. Uh, let's go on to our honorable mention picks here at the quarterback position. Um, so, Kate, let's start with yours. Who, who did you like as uh, another player that surprised you at the quarterback position this season um, and finished with, with a better fantasy year than expected? Got a shout out CJ Stroud who finished as the overall quarterback 11 uh, in total scoring missed two games, obviously because of that concussion. But I mean, regardless of whether we're talking fantasy or real life on the field production here, you've got to be so impressed with the offensive rookie of the year who I know it, it's a close race with Puka Nakua, but man alive, CJ Stroud, just incredible uh, over 4,100 passing yards, um, six games of, uh, 300 plus passing yards that's tied to lead the league. Um, all of that, it had a, a 9.4 yard average depth of target that ranked third in the NFL and was efficient doing it. 23 total passing touchdowns, um, five total touchdowns of 40 plus yards uh, passing. 
four touchdowns of 50 plus passing yards, like across the board, you look at that production, you've got to be so impressed. Uh, it ranked ninth in terms of fantasy points per drop back. Uh, and man, imagine if we would have had a full season of tank Dell on top of that. CJ Stroud just blew. I think everybody's expectations out of the water for a year one starter. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he's one of those guys too, like Jordan Love, who just saw their stock increase dramatically here, right? For for where they're going to be drafted next year among quarterbacks. I, I think there's there's definitely an argument for him inside that top 10. And like you said, Tank Dell potentially being healthy. We love Tank Dell the, this offseason and obviously what he was able to do in season as well. Nico Collins having that breakout season. So everything looked good there for CJ Stroud in year one as a rookie. And yes, yeah, still going here against the Ravens this weekend. Should be a lot of fun uh, to see if he can continue continue his amazing rookie year but uh for me i included dak prescott of the dallas cowboys in here and ignoring what he did here in the playoffs obviously this past week because uh, we're just talking about for fantasy football purposes and uh, obviously you know dak prescott being on this list doesn't necessarily age well if we're taking into account the playoffs but his season as a whole was definitely uh a big improvement from what we saw last year. Um, he he won our comeback player or was my pick for comeback player of the year um, when we did our award show last uh, two weeks ago, I guess that was now. But he's also, again, one year removed from tying for the league lead in interceptions, having one of the least efficient fantasy seasons of his career. But then he went and led the NFL in touchdown passes, finished as the overall QB4 in fantasy, was drafted as the QB10. Um and and was for, really from week six on that he really caught fire. Um, four straight top five finishes at his position. He was as consistent as they come the rest of the way. Uh, we we highlighted him in the offseason. I had written an article for him to be potential, his potential for a QB1 season and had a lot to do with kind of his history of high-end fantasy production as well as being paired with an elite wide receiver one in CD Lamb and Lamb and Prescott both delivering career-high PFF grades um, that they allowed each other to thrive all season long. And um, through week 17, Prescott's 90.5 overall grade and 88.7 passing grade were both the best of his career and the second best at his at the position uh, this season. So uh, along with just eight interceptions, uh, it helped him just be a consistent fantasy um, asset all year long for fantasy managers that he can be trusted in starting lineups every single week was a great bargain who as a player who often fell outside of the 10 highest drafted quarterbacks this season. Um, so yeah, Dak Prescott, absolutely going to make the list for me. Um, and yeah, surprised that, uh, I guess they lost this past weekend, uh, as well. Surprised they uh, lost, but you know what, John, I think we have to give <laughs> Dak Prescott a little bit more credit than you just did because, uh, you mentioned, obviously, like, you know, this is the regular season we're talking about for fantasy production, not necessarily uh, including the postseason <laughs> in that. But that effort, despite it being a loss, remember fantasy football, we don't necessarily care about the wins and losses column unless it's going to uh, usurp you for, you know, a, a backup role, which nobody's mentioned Dak Prescott at this point. But right. uh in that game against the the uh, Packers in the wild card round, 400 passing yards, uh, three touchdowns, two interceptions, that actually would have yielded his third highest fantasy performance, uh, <laughs> 30.6 fantasy points per game, or uh, fantasy points in the wild card round. Even the losses look pretty good for Dak Prescott. Yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, I know he he compiled a lot of that during during garbage time as he okay here we go him his way deep into the fourth quarter and and the the Packers didn't have you know a lot of their their starters playing as well. But yeah, to his credit, he just continues to rack John, up stats and that that's the beauty of him. Garbage time is scored all the same in fantasy it's football. True. We don't care. Give me it's all the garbage time. Give me the Dak Prescott sixty pass attempts in a single game. I'll take it all. Um, it, cause you know what garbage time can happen, you know, right around any time. So, uh, I'll, I'll still give Dak his flowers here for the wild card round, even if, uh, Cowboys fans might not be. Yeah. Cowboy fans. Uh, yeah, unfortunately a fickle bunch, right? Uh, I think there's a lot that they have to sort out after every season, you know, with the disappointment that comes with the, with the first round exit every year. But, uh, yeah, that's a whole other entity to, to have to deal with, but yeah, I'm with you. Dak Prescott was, was awesome this season. And I, I hope Cowboy fans remember that. And he should be another solid asset for next season as well. 
So let's wrap it up with a couple honorable mentions as our disappointments um, for the 2023 season. Who did you put uh, as your uh, pick here? I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. Obviously, this one's going to have a bit of an asterisk next to it, right? Like Kyler Murray, you knew he had the torn ACL. There were questions about whether or not he would even be coming back this season. So wasn't drafted. I don't think necessarily there were a ton of expectations in terms of, um, you know, his availability, but you know, it just overall, um, you know, again, not a ton of expectations, even based on who he was throwing to. It was basically Trey McBride or bust at the end of the season. But my disappointment does come from the fact that uh, I saw that, that, you know, end of season schedule, it does like in retrospect, I think we saw a, a number of matchups here that, uh, weren't necessarily as favorable to the pass as they looked, you know, earlier on in the season. But I was disappointed we didn't see a ton of fantasy production, despite the fact that he was really involved as a rusher, right? Like uh, towards the end of the season, just didn't have a, a ton of upside here. Kyler Murray had one top five finish uh, throughout his tenure. Um, just didn't see a ton of upside here. But again, my disappointment in again, comes from an asterisk, but had 20 plus rushing yards in all but one of his games returning from a torn ACL. And it just didn't show up in terms of fantasy upside, which was, I guess, surprising for me. Um, and I don't know, I'm probably going to get a little bit of hate from that. Cause I, you know, I, I know what we're, what was I really expecting from Kyler Murray coming back without, you know, Marquise Brown wasn't healthy. Um, obviously no DeAndre Hopkins this year. Like I should have seen it coming, but you know, there was a, a part of me that stashed him in some leagues thinking that this guy was going to win me a championship and he definitely did not win me a championship. So I'm not blaming you, Kyler. Um, but I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. And you definitely had to wait a long time for him to come back, right? Um, I think it was week 10 was his first game back. And it just, you know, again, there were question marks about whether he'd be able to make it back or not. But he he did get there. Just it was late in the season. And yeah, like you pointed out, not necessarily the, the production that you were hoping for. Um, so for me, my honorable mention as far as uh, disappointing quarterbacks go, I, I went with Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. So another quarterback that did deal with injuries this season, but even prior to Herbert's season ending injury in week 14, I think there was kind of plenty of disappointment from him. He was drafted as the QB six, according to fantasy pros, ADP uh, this off season. And he did have his weeks of, of fantasy goodness. He, he delivered, I think four, top five uh, QB finishes in 13 games, but he was also extremely volatile, um, producing five games where he finished outside of the top 15 at his position. And look, it, obviously, again, at, we talk about supporting cast for some of these other quarterbacks. Herbert's supporting cast also struggled as well, right? So he suffered through injuries to two of his top three wide receivers uh, with Mike Williams and Josh Palmer, both missing significant time as well. Um, and, and even the disappointing season of Austin Eckler played a part in Justin Herbert's uh, downfall a little bit as well. He, he was able to rely on Austin Eckler for 13 receiving touchdowns over his prior two seasons, only got one receiving touchdown from Austin Eckler this season. So ultimately led to Herbert finishing 10th in points per game, um, making for a second straight year, kind of a, a relative disappointment in that regard. So it wasn't like a huge disappointment, but I think people are still expecting to see that the, the Justin Herbert we saw as a rookie and the past two years really haven't been that despite him being drafted inside that range as well. So Justin Herbert makes my honorable mention list for this season. Um, all right, Kate. So that is our list of QB surprises and disappointments. So now we get to look forward to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, make our playoff picks. I was a disaster last week. I went two and four on my picks. The only ones I got right were the Bills and the Lions. All the ones I got wrong were complete blowouts, just the NFL slapping me in the face over and over again. Meanwhile, you went five and one. The only game that you got wrong was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so yeah, you are on fire right now. Tell us your picks, starting with the Texans and Ravens. Who do you got for this game? Oh, wait, your audio's gone. <laughs> 
Uh, Kate's audio is is missing. We, we don't have Kate's. Uh, <laughs> we can't hear who she's picking. Kate's magic picks that have been uh, on fire per, right, recently. The audio is. Oh, wait, you might be back. There we go. Okay, All go right. ahead. So Texans, Ravens, who you got? Sorry. I'm rolling with the Houston Texans. And right. I, I don't even know if I'm fully bought in yet, but. I, like, I think I have to just keep writing with this momentum. I already talked about the the surprise that's been CJ Stroud. He's just red hot on fire. His connection with Nico Collins, like, you know, they haven't played nearly as well on the road as they have at home, which isn't necessarily surprising for a rookie. So that's going to be a big uphill battle. But you know what else is going to be an uphill battle for the Ravens? It might be Lamar Jackson, who obviously hasn't had the most success to this point in his career in the playoffs. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Lamar Jackson has the same number of postseason wins as CJ Stroud. So I'm going to point that out here. Throughout the playoffs in his postseason career, 55.9% completion rate, um, three total passing touchdowns in the playoffs, five interceptions, 68.3 NFL passer rating in these games. He's uh, taken 19 sacks over those four games. Like, Playoff Lamar has not necessarily been the same as uh, regular season Lamar. They've come off two weeks of rest, which, you know, for for a team that has, you know, some younger playmakers here, like might might be, you know, one of those fumbling factors. Right. Like, I, I think there's a lot that's going to play into the Ravens favor. But the final nail in the coffin for me was Lamar Jackson, like basically coming out to say like, eh, he's not all that worried about D'Amico Ryan's defense. That is, that <laughs> is like, don't say that. I'm sorry. There are yeah. a number of players that just love to jinx themselves by coming out and talking smack ahead of the game. And I never think that's a good approach. It always backfires. And I don't know that I want to take shots at the momentum that's coming into this game, uh, coming into Baltimore. Yeah, you don't want to give an underdog team like Houston, who's proven to be kind of this scrappy fighter of a team, any kind of bulletin board material, right? And that's that's exactly what they did there. So yeah, I always worry about that. Yeah, exactly. I worry about that kind of stuff. The way that the Texans have been playing too, under Bobby Slowick too. Uh, PFF Bobby here as the offensive coordinator. He's been awesome. I, I bet against them last week. It burned me. I, I really thought that the Browns defense was going to get the job done uh, against a, a rookie quarterback, r- rookie head coach, all that. I was definitely wrong because, man, the Texans look good. So for that reason, I'm going against them again. Um, I'm going <laughs> with the Baltimore Ravens. I, oh God, this, I want the Texans to win. I do. For for the record, I, I'm, I'm rooting for the Texans in this game. I need to make up some ground here with my picks. I'm taking the heavy favorite Baltimore Ravens um, uh, at home. I, I think Lamar Jackson, just the way that he's playing this year, he's healthy. Um, I, I just, I'm a believer in, in what they're able to do there. I love what their defense looks like as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh yeah, this is uh, I don't know. I don't feel, I don't feel great about it. I, I don't think nine and a half is that the, the point spread that I would have picked for this game, just considering how well the Texans have played, but um, I'll be rooting for the Texans, but I did pick the Ravens here. So um, we'll PFF see how it works. John betting against PFF Bobby two weeks a in disgrace. a row. Yeah. It's, Take it's, notes. <laughs> I'm giving them bulletin board material myself. Um, uh-huh. just, yeah. Disgraceful. Um, but on to our next game here. We talked about Jordan Love earlier in the show, the magic that he was able to deliver in Dallas. He's on the road again, now in San Francisco. Also nine and a half point underdogs against the 49ers. Who do you got for this one? I'm taking the 49ers. I feel like we don't even need a ton of analysis for this one. The Packers, I do. Th- I mean, they looked absolutely incredible. And But I think a big part of that, and maybe you know, part of the the Cowboys defense struggling as much as they did was how good the Packers were playing and, and you know, the ability they gave him, they, they gave them uh, in terms of like having to cover the, the pass and the run as well as they did, didn't work out. I do think it's going to work out a bit better for this 49ers defense that I think is just a little bit more dynamic um, and has a lot more to offer here on both sides of the ball. Like it, it's, yeah, I I don't know. I I want to believe in the Packers so bad, but it's really hard to not believe in the 49ers. 
Yeah, this was uh, this was one last week too, where I was like, "Yeah, I think this was the easiest one for me this week." Was picking the Cowboys over the Packers, and this one felt like the easiest one for me this week as well, picking the 49ers over the Packers, and maybe the Packers surprise us again. But I think the 49ers are a different animal than than the Dallas Cowboys too. They don't have that necessarily necessarily that that monkey on the back that the Cowboys have for the for the playoffs as well this is a team that you know has has been to championship games and and Super Bowls recently so I I think all around the 49ers are just the better team here I think they should be able to 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 take this game and I mean nine and a half does feel fair this this one actually does feel fair I think against the Packers as much as they as good as the Packers look like you said um I think the 49ers are just that much better so yeah go with the 49ers agree with you there um the other game the the tampa bay buccaneers this is our sunday games now at the detroit lions the lions are six and a half point favorites at home against baker mayfield and the bucks like you said former number one overall picks going head to head at quarterback here so i have the detroit lions i i know you have the detroit lions how you do you feel confident about the lions taking this one because it could be a close game here it definitely could be a close game. And this one, like I, I actually think could probably still be a toss up either way. Cause uh, you look at the bucks and the way that they are surging on, on both sides of the ball, obviously Baker Mayfield just playing the best football that we've seen in his career. But the lions, I think just offer a little bit too much in, in terms of both offense and defense um, in maybe a little bit more depth on both of those sides of the ball. Like it's going to be really hard to reckon. And for me, the the biggest tiebreaker of all, I'm going to lean in favor of our, our guy, Sam Laporta, who, you know, in coming back from the knee injury last week already, just, you know, I, I think he gives this offense a whole different element. Jared Goff, the, the coaching staff, like this is another team that, even though they're not like they were a top four seed, they won their division, but it still feels like they have nothing to lose at this point. And they are going to put it all out on the field. This is a team of underdogs and that's a mentality that I'm not looking to, to fight at any point, but you know, they think the the biggest edge, maybe, you know, the Buccaneers again, kind of similar vibes right now, but the Lions at home. You have Sam Laporta, who's another week out from this injury. Like, I'm I'm riding the hot hand here, even though it, both hands are hot. I just think <laughs> the Lions is a little bit warmer. Yeah, it, and it's it's playing at home too. It's just nice to to have that that energy that we saw at Ford Field last weekend. It was you don't amazing. Not to travel to see. either, like that. That yeah. helps. It's a huge part of it, right? And and and. I mean, obviously, it's going to be in a dome too, which helps Baker Mayfield and the Bucks as well. But I'm with you. This Lions team feels like a team of destiny at this point, at least to get to the championship game, right? Maybe not the Super Bowl or anything like that, but you never know. Uh, it, it absolutely could happen. But the way that they've been playing, I, I give them the positional advantage. You know, if you're going head to head across positions, running back and tight end and even quarterback, I, I mean, Baker Mayfield's played amazing, but Jared Goff is having a career year as well. Um, Wide receiver is going to be tight. It, it, Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin, Amon Ross St. Brown, and and you know the the supporting cast that the Lions I think have collectively make for a better receiving group. So I'm going with the Lions. I, I feel pretty good about this. Uh, I I think you know um, yeah I'm just a believer in in Detroit sports right now. Obviously I'm a, I'm a big Red Wings fan for hockey. The Red Wings beat the LA Kings last weekend in Detroit. The Lions beat the LA Rams last weekend in Detroit. This weekend, the Lions play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. The Detroit Red Wings play the Tampa Bay Lightning on Sunday. So it works. It kind of lines up nicely. That's so if fun. the Lions win, yeah, the Lions play earlier. If the Lions win, I'll be uh, I'll be expecting a Red Wings win on Sunday night as well. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how my brain works, anyways. But yeah, I'm going with the Lions this week as well. Uh, final game of the week. This is the big one. Chiefs at Bills. It's the closest spread of the bunch here. Two and a half point favorites for the home team, the Buffalo Bills. We saw what that weather was last week. The Chiefs also playing in extreme cold weather. So it's not like it's a huge advantage um, or not something that at least Patrick Mahomes and company aren't familiar with like, like <laughs> Miami was uh, last week. So I don't know. This, this one I could see going either way. I went with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I bet against Patrick Mahomes last week, um, and I felt really stupid doing it. 
I, I don't want to do it two weeks in a row and then him prove me wrong again. Um, yeah, this, I know it's his first road game, but I think it just adds to the legacy here of Patrick Mahomes also getting the road win in his first appearance on the road. I mean, the Bills have been great. They haven't been this unstoppable force. Neither have the Chiefs. So I'm going to lean Patrick Mahomes this week. Um, but again, not feeling great about it. Not feeling great. I, I, I could easily see this going either way. Yeah, I, I look at the Buffalo Bills in this one, who I'm taking, um, ranked uh, third overall in the league in total DVOA, um, just entering this game with so much momentum. And I, I think so much more valuable experience. They've won uh, six straight here. And obviously, like they've they've faced some challenging defenses. They walloped on them. I uh, remember in Arrowhead Stadium just a few weeks ago, came out on top in that one 42 to 23. Um, and I, I think Josh Allen just like it, coming off a game with that much momentum. Obviously, you've got to cover him in the, the passing game and in the run. But back to back games with 65 plus rushing yards. Obviously, the, the NFL touchdown leader. I just think they have a a such a huge edge on offense. And though the, the chiefs, I think have a, a pretty, you know, solid edge on defense, this Buffalo bills defense, like there's still nothing to mess with, even though uh, they've been injured, they might get Rasul Douglas back this week. Like they were missing several key, key pieces last week that I do think are going to, to help them in their cause. And again, we're not looking at the most dynamic chiefs, offense that we've seen in recent years. So I'm going to take the home field advantage. I'm going to take all of that. I'm going to take the momentum. I'm going to take the the massive edge on offense and the massive edge at quarterback that Josh Allen has been over Patrick Mahomes this year. And I'm taking the bills. I like it. Yeah, it's uh it's going to be a fun one. I, I, I could easily see this going either way. So yeah, Kate on an absolute heater right now. Um, you got the Texans, the 49ers, the lions and the bills. And then there's me, uh, sad sack in the dumps over here. I got the Ravens, the 49ers lions and the Chiefs. So I got to make up some ground. I got to do it little by little here. We still got some time, um, but uh, not feeling great about it, obviously. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a good weekend of uh, NFL playoff games once again. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, and yeah, we'll continue our kind of season in review content next week. Um, and we're going to look at, uh, we're going to, yeah, keep the surprises and disappointments going. We'll go to another position. Um, Kate, you picked quarterbacks last week. We got running backs and, or no, we got wide receivers and tight ends left. Um, any preference for next week? What do you feel? Mm, let's, let's roll with some, some wide receivers. Let's mix it up a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll talk wide receivers next week. Um, and yeah, that'll be fun. And then we'll continue with the playoff picks as well. So Kate, thank you again for coming on and, and putting out another episode here with me in the off season. It is always a pleasure. So uh, thank you. And uh, before you go, please remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter at, or X or whatever we're calling it these days <laughs> at Kate Majuk, M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. And I'll be popping in uh, to write some some content through, uh, you know, the offseason over at Behind the Steel Curtain with PFF. Uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get a couple articles up here soon. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep rolling. We'll be preparing you for the offseason uh, or for the, the fantasy offseason and the season to come all all to come. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, um, everybody, thank you again for for listening. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. And until next time, peace out.